Hello and welcome to episode 15 of the podcast series, Mum, You've Got This. If this is your first time listening, there's an intro episode at the start, which explains exactly what the series is about. And there are also 14 other episodes where I interview all kinds of different women with different experiences and life stories that you should absolutely go back and have a listen to. The person featuring on the episode today is Krista. Krista, thank you so much for agreeing to come on. Thank you. I feel like I've been like stalking you for months, like trying to get you on here. So I'm so glad to finally <laughs> have you locked down. It was so hard to fit some time into your very I busy know. schedule. I'm not very good, am I? <laughs> no, you're too busy. You're too busy. You're active. And I'm busy. You're great. Thank you so much. Let's have, um, let's start with you sort of explaining about what your family dynamic is now, your family makeup and kind of what you do for work. I know there's some stuff you can't touch on there, but what you can kind of um, let people know around, yeah, your family and your current situation from a career point of view. Oh, all right. Well, I'm a mother of two now and Maverick is six and Elkie will be four tomorrow, which I'm struggling to come to terms with, to be honest. Oh, that's why you're baking a cake. Very, very sad. Yeah, I know. I'm sad. Yep, making a cake as we speak. Um, I have a partner of 13 years, Ryan, and that's us, that little family of four. We're happy. We've finally succumbed to having no more children. And yeah, I, I work. I train, I instruct some mums and bubs gyms. We do lots of things. And you have a bit of an online influencer presence. Did you want to chat about that quickly? What that is? Yeah, look, I made, I've, I've been a personal trainer for a number of years now, um, maybe eight or nine. And when I was pregnant with Maverick, as I said, he's six, I did a lot of fitness things whilst I was um, pregnant. And I think there seemed to be this facade that you can't, um, train whilst you're pregnant or get your heart rate over this level and whatever. And I kind of disagreed with all of it. And after he was born, I created an Instagram page called Fit Happy Mummy. And it's kind of just grown and grown a little bit. I'm certainly not trying to grow it, but I'm just trying to spread the message that, you know, living an active and healthy lifestyle and around your kids is a positive influence. And mm. yeah, it, it has gotten bigger, I guess. <laughs> It sure has, because I, I, obviously we've been friends for a while now. Our um, husbands are, well, partners are friends, and um, I was friends with you on Instagram, I think, before you'd gotten pregnant with Mav. And, you know, it was I just love seeing the stuff that you were doing and found it inspirational from the point of view of still being so fit and healthy and active and everything throughout pregnancy. And, and it was kind of like interesting seeing what you were posting and it was kind of like I used to look out for what you were putting up because I used to think well if she's doing these things while she's pregnant I can get my backside into gear and and be a little bit active (laughs) and then I think obviously a lot of people just started to go yeah okay what you're putting up is you know is really interesting and so you've had a natural um, I guess organic you know effect of your following and and, um, you know all the people that you've got following you now on Instagram which is fantastic. Yeah, yeah, it is. And look, there's some medical issues that people have during pregnancy, which inhibits, it stops them from being able to do a lot of these things. But I do think, you know, if we look back, you know, in the Stone Age, there were, there's been women pumping out baby after baby for years and years, you know, lugging things around fields and whatever else. And I think, sadly, as medical um, knowledge has grown, you know, the risks we've became more aware of but then we're we're wrapping ourselves in cotton wool and not you know going back to the basics of what our bodies actually can do and provided you're smart with the things decisions you're making you know I think the biggest 
thing I say to people is you, you should be able to or hopefully maintain your level of fitness whilst you're pregnant. We're not asking people to go and get PBs or break records. It's about maintaining some level of health and fitness. Sadly, I think what happens is some people that may be unfit or a little bit overweight, they become pregnant and all of a sudden their body is nourishing a little human being that they instantly love and then they want to get fit and healthy. And I think that's where some of the injuries are coming from because they're trying to start when their bodies are already depleted of a number of things whilst they're trying to grow this baby instead mm. of starting prior. But if we can put it with an open knowledge, I think uh, we can exercise when we're pregnant and, um, you know, therefore set up a good, good function and, um, you know, routine for ourselves and our children going forward. Mm. Absolutely. So tell us about yourself. Um, and I know, um, I know there's part of your career we won't touch on, but um, I guess loosely as high level as you can provide information about sort of once you finish your schooling um, and then, you know, how you've kind of progressed through your, your career and then moving into PTing and what's kind of led you up to what you're doing today. Yeah, look, I obviously, um, I, have, I did have a full-time job prior to having kiddies, um, which is an active role and something I certainly love. And I played um, high-level netball for a number of years but retired at the ripe old age of like 21 or 22 with bad knees. Um, and from then on, I've just been very interested in fitness and it just became, um, I was at the gym training so often that they said, why don't you become an instructor here? So I did an online course and it was amazing and that's where I've become a um, PT instructor since. Um, and since having kids, I've only worked 0.5 at work and that allows me to be pretty much a full-time mummy at home and also take the gym, which I absolutely love doing. So right now I live the best worlds of everything with my job, my PT and being a mum. So what do you, we, we will, I'm probably asking this question sooner than I'd planned, but it's come up naturally. I think you do do so much there. So what are your hints and tips and key things around making all of that happen? Because I know um, it, things don't always go smoothly, but it does seem like you've just, you're just very prepared and organised. Is that sort of what you, you put it down to, to being able to yeah. make all those things happen? Yeah, look, I do. I obviously do spit a lot in. Um, I cram a lot in. I, I would like to think I'm very good at multitasking. For example, right now I'm sorting out the kids' Lego as silently as I can whilst I'm talking to you. Are you colour coding at all again? Like uh, it will before? be colour coded at the end, I promise. <laughs> um, but yeah, I like to, you know, sit down on a Sunday. I have prepared, you know, I like doing meal prep. I, if people have followed me on my Instagram, I prepare the kids' clothes in advance, which is what I call little clothes buckets. So it has some pajamas for, for example, tonight, and then it'll have tomorrow's outfit in it. And they save us a lot of time of an evening. For example, we just get them out before the nighttime shower and it's ready to go. Mm. Um, some of the things like that may seem over the top to some people, but they're things that really, really help us. Um, we stick to basics with our, you know, our food and our eating and our cleaning and all of those sort of things. And I think just being on top of everything uh, like that really helps our lifestyles run smoothly. 
in saying that, one big thing that I think, one big advantage I think I have over a lot of other people is I don't watch television. So mm. I don't want to sit down at seven o'clock at night time and watch Home and Away or Married at First Sight or whatever's on. So I think I save some time there. Um, yeah. Yeah. And you don't drink, right? And I don't drink. I'm boring, Anna. I drink coffee. <laughs> You're not boring. You're far from boring. But you've got that added benefit. Like most, I, you're always doing all the cooking on a Sunday. I remember sometimes I'd wake up and I'd have like, you know, a hangover or, you know, even post kids sometimes. You're just kind of exhausted and I'd look on Instagram yeah. and you're like two hours into it. You've gone for a walk or you've gone and done a Kmart run or a, sh- a grocery shop and you're like, you've got the stuff in the slow cooker and in the oven and I'm thinking, oh, my God, how the hell does she do this? <laughs> Yeah, and I think sometimes I don't overthink a lot of those things. I would love to be able to log some of my Sunday morning cook-ups because I think, unfortunately, some people, they get, you know, 10 recipe books out and they pick five recipes and then they go and shop for all those recipes and then they're trying to cook it like, what what mm. our family gets is what I decide to cook, and if they don't like it, then tough luck. Like, yeah. kind of, you know, sometimes but you keep like, it oh, simple. Cool. You're trying to keep it as simple as you can. Yeah, simple, easy, it's repetitive, mm. it's what we eat, it's what they like. You know, like our kids don't, won't really like eating dished up meat and free veg. So I hide the veg in some things. And if that means eating mince with hidden veggies that they love five nights in a row, if they eat it, I don't care if eating it two mm. five nights in a row. Um, mm. You know, maybe it's not best practice, but if that's getting their meat and vegetables into them, then I don't really mind. Mm, yeah, definitely. Yeah. So, um Talk about how much things changed in your experience with falling pregnant with Mav and your pregnancy as well. Yeah. Um, look, I didn't, I had, my, both my pregnancies were very similar. I didn't feel well for up to like up to the 15 week mark. And with Maverick, I went off coffee, which was very interesting because I'm obviously a coffee addict. So that was hard to hide and um, yeah, very hard to cover up. The regular feeling sick, um, really, really tired. So um, I'd come home from work at four or five or whenever it was and go on the couch and have a rest. Obviously, when it was Elkie's pregnancy, I couldn't have that rest because I was chasing after a toddler. Mm. Um, But all in all, aside from that sickness, um, relatively smooth and easy going pregnancies, which, I again, I put down to looking after your body, making sure you're sleeping, you know, stretching well rested you know eating good food um you know sadly some people are sick their whole pregnancy and it's just terrific and i wouldn't wish that upon anyone i was more than happy when mine passed at the 14 and 15 week mark um with both of them but um yeah relatively smooth with mav i had these random like really dry lips and um you know kept putting pawpaw around my lips and they were really inflamed that was pretty ugly but aside from that relatively um smooth sailing and birth with math and birth oh amazing i could have a hundred kids oh i begged so hard to have a third baby (laughs) no Um, i really really love birth and i wish if i had had a birth photographer and a videographer for our births now um i just oh i just get i just love talking about them and thinking about them i never researched birth tons like a lot of people because again I wanted to go into it open-minded and also having no plans that were going to be broken Mm. straight away. I obviously definitely wanted a vaginal birth, which I had with both babies and they were healthy and I were healthy. So that's all I could ask for. Um, Mm. 
I was induced with both babies just due to the fact we could tell the babies were going to be big. Um, with Maverick, my blood pressure had started to rise a little bit. I have low blood pressure as it is. So it wasn't like screaming high, but it was increasing. And the fact that we knew we were having a big baby, our obstetrician was happy to have that baby come out sooner than later. And he was, I was induced a week early and he was still over four kilos. So he was, mm, wow. a, he was a big boy. Um, but yeah, Which really. was funny because you were so fit and I remember seeing your tummy towards the end and it was just like, I remember being shocked you'd had such a big baby because it didn't look like that externally. No, he didn't, did he? And I no. always, you know, I would have loved those big, beautiful, bouncing bellies, but I didn't have it, but he was in there somewhere. <laughs> I'm not sure where, but he was there. Yeah, so um, basically very similar pregnancies, births and sized children. So, yeah, the... The little similarities, those two. And how did you find, especially with Mav being your first, coming home with a newborn and, you know, I don't know you breastfed and all of that. How did you find all of that process? <laughs> Speaking of coming home, it's so funny. One of my good friends just had identical twin girls. Hey, Ali, I hope you're listening. Oh. Um, and, and you're identical you twin too for those that, uh, yeah. that don't know. <laughs> yeah, and we were talking about her going, she's in Sydney, actually. We were talking about her going home from hospital last week. And I said, oh, my God, I remember that drive so vividly with Ryan Maverick and I. Ryan drove about 40 kilometres an hour. And <laughs> I sat in the back seat, like, holding onto the capsule just in case it flew out of the car. And yeah. I started crying. And I'm not a crier, really. And it was just so funny, just so overwhelming that... Um, we had yeah. this child and <laughs> I remember we got home and probably one of the unsafe things, but we put the capsule on the island bench in the kitchen and we're like, looked at each other. We're like, wow, this is our life. Mm. <laughs> um, mm. But yeah, again, I, I've been very, very blessed and lucky with my whole um, birth and breastfeeding journey and parenting. I think I was, I've been very lucky to have um, an older sister that I relied on a lot with a lot of my 2am questions, but mm -hmm. I got birth easy. I got breastfeeding easy and we're off to an amazing start. And I think that really helped us, you know, throughout our whole parenting journey. And then by mm -hmm. the time second time came around, it was just like a duck to water. Don't they say it just all smooth sailed again. And I think it's really hard to say it to other people, but I was relaxed and I didn't worry, you know, if the baby didn't latch in 10 seconds I didn't worry if I had oversupply like and I just think I just my wish to some people and I know it's easier said than done but I just wish people wouldn't put so much pressure on themselves you yeah. know and all this comparison like I, I'm lucky I did get it easy but mm. I also didn't stress about the small things and I just feel so sorry for some people that um you know, worry about all of these things and what they're doing wrong. Like I'd love them to pat themselves on the back for everything they do right as well. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. That's so true. And yeah, I couldn't agree more. I think a lot of that is down as well to, like you said, you didn't really read too much into things. There's so many books and things like that out there, which yeah. I mean, is great, yeah. but it can also be, you know, a, a curse because a lot of people read things and think, okay, well, this is what should be happening at this stage and this is how this should be happening. Where every body and every baby is so different, 
um, that, yeah, I think we do just put too much pressure or just have too many expectations on how things should happen. And when they don't, that's when, you know, the stress comes up and the anxiety and the babies pick up on that. And it's just a roller coaster. Yeah, there. exactly. And they do. And then, you know, if you were breastfeeding, your milk supply slows down because you're stressed out. And mm. next minute you've gotten to eat and then, you know, you haven't drank and then it's dropping more and then you're stressing about it. And, you know, you end up at the doctor or mastitis. Like it's just, there's so many things but again as I said it's easier said than done because I haven't mm. been in that struggling position yeah. um in the first place but yeah that you know if you take a broad and open mind to anything anyone tells you or anything you read I think you'd be set up for um you know a, a, an easier time I guess like yeah. I really um I really liked the Tizzy Hall Save Our Sleep book and I I often referred back to that with routines for kids but I looked at it loosely because if you were to look at it 100% you'd never leave your damn house <laughs> <laughs> because you'd be rocking the child then then feeding and then putting to bed and then this and then that and it's like it's great mm. um, and I loved I loved it and I used it you know say 70% to the routine but I still allowed you know for example when the babies are say three months to a year and they're on two sleeps like I used to allow our babies to have one sleep in the pram or the car or something because otherwise I simply my life would be revolving around getting a baby to bed mm. yeah um, that feed sleep yeah. play constant so routine where you're like, always meant to yeah. be assigned to doing something I, yeah I get what you're saying I think for me I, I was sort of similar like that I did have an overview of that book but more so from the the the, the side around what their awake times should be that's what yeah. I sort of focused yeah. on. Okay, if they work at this time, then they really should be going down at this time. And whether there was a plane there or not, it was just more about getting them down before they are either over, overtired and it's impossible to get them down or really challenging to get them down or um, trying to put them down before they're actually ready. And then, you know, they might go to sleep and then they don't wake, they, don't, they have a really short sleep. So you're right, there's bits and pieces to kind of pick out of any of the information you get really and you just adapt yeah. to whatever's going to work best for you and for your baby yeah that's exactly right I often I still say it now like Elkie's about to turn four but prior to being a mother you know if you ever had a mother say oh sorry for that you know sorry for them just doing that they're tired and you'd think oh whatever it's like it's <laughs> legit the truth like yeah. kids <laughs> mess up and they do things wrong or that you know they chuck a tantrum because they are so tired and it's like if only you could just close your eyes and go to sleep you would feel a lot better but it's not a, like it's not an excuse a lot of the time it's the truth they're actually so exhausted that mm. you know losing control of their decisions and their behaviors yeah, yeah. God, it's so crucial sleep is so crucial for yeah. them so what um obviously you've got a lot of stuff really under control what challenges have you had through the whole process whether that be you know getting pregnant pregnancy birth afterwards judgment mm. oh look I, I really try to live a happy life and not dwell on things so I would find mm. that a really hard question to ask because I guess any challenge for me, I kind of use it as like a speed hump and you, you deal with the challenge and you get over it and you move on. Yes. I think probably, you know, um, you know, sleep. I like sleep um, and I like my routine. Elkie has slept less in the last 12 months of our lives than what she slept. It, you know, like she's waking us up more than what we've ever been woken up in our lives. So in really? fact, the last six or 12 months have been quite tricky for us sleep wise with Elkie yeah. and parenting wise I guess because and I sent Ryan a message the other day and I said um 
he was at work and I said something like, I just, so she keeps waking up in the middle of the night coming into our bed. We're trying to take her back and take her back. And, you know, you'll get differing answers on this as well because a lot of people say, just let them sleep with you. But we've never been like that and we don't want to allow that. And I said, <laughs> I'm sick of being owned by a tiny human. I want to be the boss. <laughs> mm. <laughs> so that for us is quite challenging and we're very similar on our parenting ways with that as well. It's, you know, we love cuddling her. We love her in there, but we, none of us sleep well. So it's, yeah. it's about the quality of sleep for all of us and how everybody's functioning the day after and whatever else. But yeah, so that's, that's definitely a challenge is trying to you know and trying to explain to a little mind you know mummy and daddy don't want you in here you know back to your own bed and I think half the time she's half asleep when she's doing it but she you know she doesn't even realize she's doing it herself either yeah yeah Um, yeah yeah um yeah look I mean yeah as I say I've probably had a lot of challenges um or like for example, when Maverick was six weeks old, my brother-in-law passed away suddenly. He was thirty. So I look back on that now, and I never dwelled on it at the time. You're just in survival mode. But like I look back on that now, I spent my maternity leave with my first child, grieving for my brother-in-law and assisting my sister and her three kids. Like mm-hmm. I never once, you know, I look back on it now. I'm like, why did I not say to work? Can that maternity leave be stress leave or sick leave? Like you don't even think like that. It's just like you just get on with the task at hand and you just try to do the best you can. And yeah, so, you know, I've had a number of challenges, I guess, but I try not to dwell on the sad things and focus on the the future and, you know, what you do have in your life and what we do have is something pretty special. Oh, you're so positive. And your sister's the same. I mean, I don't know Anna. I know Claire. Um, yeah. And, you know, have followed her on Instagram and stuff for a long time too. And I think you're both just the same. That's why you've got such a great following because you both are so positive and just find the positives and focus on that as opposed to whatever the crappy things are. So what's, how, how do we all be like that? Um, meet my mum. <laughs> I, I thought it was your mum, uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, look, honestly, I, like, I just appreciate our parents so much the older I get about the way we've been brought up as kids and mm. you know I, I look at random little things that I do and I'm like that's my mum <laughs> you know yeah. mum's still alive but I'm, I mean god if mum ever died it'd be like um you know uh I think there's this meme or whatever on um Facebook and it says you know I just said something and a little bit of my mother came out of me and there's so many things now that I, as an adult and as a parent that I do and say, and I'm like, Oh my God, that's exactly like mum. Like I just cannot appreciate more and more how we've been brought up and to do and say and act, um, you know, like one silly example. It's so funny, but people often say, Oh, how do you eat so healthily? And it's like, like I eat what, you know, we ate growing up. And I remember in college, uh, high school, sorry, mum would often, you know, mum would pack our lunch um, and we'd have these amazing salad rolls and the kids at school wanted our salad rolls. And then prior to them wanting our salad rolls, I'd often see the kids with a bag of chips and wish I had a bag of chips in my lunchbox, which we never did. But like now I'm an adult, I'm so grateful for the salad roll I had with fresh, you know, nice, fresh, healthy things made fresh than a bag of disgusting potato chips and it's just little things like that that you know mum's instilled in us our whole lives and I'm so appreciative of it now that's awesome what about um because I know when you were pregnant with Elkie 
Um, yep. I remember you were doing a lot of exercise as, as you, you know, you always have, and you're kind of maintaining that, as you said, not trying to set PBs, but just kind of keeping it active as you could. And I remember that you got a little bit of online um, negative comments around that. Yeah, look, I think, you know, everything like that comes in ebbs and flows. And as I said earlier, I think it just depends who sees it and how they see it. And everybody has a different perception on things. It, As I said, it's not for everybody. And, you know, I can remember vividly, and um, it is a local lady too, she messaged me and she was nice. Um, and she said, you know, I love what you've just said, but I can't exercise when I'm pregnant basically because I'll die and the baby dies. And by no means would I ever um, be trying to tell her that she can train. I'm not a medical professional. Um, you know, it's like mm. I just wish if we'd all look at it in an open mind and there's probably a lot of us like walking is such an amazing form of fitness and, and so good for your body. Like, I just think, as I said, I guess our biggest example is we're just wrapping ourselves up in cotton wool a little bit. So um, there's certainly people out there that have done a lot more um, training whilst pregnant than me, and there's certainly a lot of people that have done a lot less. But I guess for me, if, if people can try and stay in that consistent training routine that they were once doing pre-pregnancy, then I don't think... Um, there's too much of an issue obviously it's you know guided by your doctor and your obstetrician and how your health's feeling but you know generally we will know when we've pushed a little bit too hard or you know something doesn't feel right and that's what I urge my clients to do you know I don't expect you know if I tell this and this is what I say to my mum's pregnant or not pregnant you know if I tell you to jump and you're wetting yourself because your pelvic floor's not right I don't want you to jump like mm. that's not supposed to happen. You know, we're not supposed to do that. We're not supposed to be in immense pain, um, you know, doing some things. A little bit of soreness is okay. Like, you know, we know our muscles are working, but we don't want to be thinking, you know, you're going to collapse because it's just so hard. So I guess oh. having that open mind again, like, you know, having an open mind in everything in life and just because 30-week-old Jessica next to you can do 50 squats that doesn't mean you need to do 50 squats and that's I guess the hard thing and I think that's where I am lucky I guess in my whole life is not to worry so much about what the person beside you is doing but just focus on yourself hmm. and you did a lot I know you've said before you do you keep very fit and active for mental health as well yeah yeah you still keep that still helps you in that way oh massively i'm <laughs> i'm a bit of a hard ass if i'm allowed to say that <laughs> around a lot of mental health i think sadly um too many people these days something you know becomes a little bit tricky and all of a sudden they've, they're depressed or they've got anxiety and I, I don't like these words being used i feel that they're used too much these days and therefore our real sufferers aren't aren't being listened to um, mm. but I know that's a very touchy subject so I don't want to touch on it too much but mm -hmm. from my personal perspective I've never in my head been one to suffer from mental health however I believe the exercise outlet that I have is a saving grace for not having these thoughts and um, you know patterns happening through my head if I don't train I start to get edgy and I, I guess you know for someone's other terminology they might say they're getting anxiety like you know mm. I love training I love the outlet it gives me I love the way it feels 
makes me feel and it's not just physically it's mentally as well um you know however for some people that might be sitting and watching tv or that might be having a coffee but i think if you can find what find your happy then you know do more of it do more what makes you happy Mm. what about mum guilt do you ever get it uh yes but again i I guess I just, I honestly feel so lucky that I just don't worry so much about all the bad things and and I focus on the positives like, you know, you know, not as in mum guilt as in, you know, worrying that I'm not doing the right thing or whatever, but like we, we never go out for tea or anything anymore because we want to be at home with our kids. Like we've changed our whole lives for our kids um and then as far as like mum guilt goes I guess I just try and think of the you know what we do give our kids what we what you know what time we do spend with them as opposed to what we're not letting you know as opposed to what's not happening Mm, yeah Um, of course and I think as a parent like this is another thing from mum you've got to pick your battles so you can only do so much you can't go to you know every time someone wants to go to the park you you know you can't go to the park, you know, like it's just started raining here. So I'd probably say no, like, you know, and I don't feel bad about that. Whereas I think some parents, that's what their child wants to do. So that's what they'll do. Whereas for, for me, I'll, you know, I'll draw the line. Um, one thing I find with the mum guilt is, you know, I'll, and you read it all the time on social media, you know, the washing can wait and whatever else. In my opinion, again, it's all personal opinion. Sadly, the washing can't wait. Like, the washing is piling up and the washing needs doing. And I guess I'm lucky to that degree that I find that happy medium in between getting the washing done and giving the kids my attention. Mm-hmm. Um, because otherwise that mum guilt would be so high. But mm. to me, you know, again, for me to be running, you know, helping run the family and staying in a um, happy state, I want the house to be tidy. I want the meals to be cooked. I want the washing to be done. If that stuff wasn't done, I'll be a stressed mother and therefore, you know, nobody's happy. So I guess Mm. if you can find that, you know, balance, all about your balance, if you can find that balance in having everything operating on a (laughs) semi-smooth path, of course there's curves and speed humps and whatever, but if you can find that balance between it all, I think you're doing a good job. Mm, Such good advice. You've given a lot of good advice here and a lot of good insights. I think there'll be so many people that would be interested to listen to this. I know you share, you know, a lot of the stuff on Instagram, but it's great to hear you be so open and candid about all of it. Are there any other kind of hints and tips that you have? Like I know even anything specific because, you know, Subos, I wouldn't know about a Subo unless I've... Oh, my God, So then that's been like a... a, um, Like a web or like a... It's just... What's the word for it? Like I've, I've... um, found out about them so then I started buying them for first birthday presents for you know my friends that have had kids and then they've done the same because everyone just loves them um, yeah uh, anything else like that that you kind of go this just makes mum life easier uh yeah so look the Subos are amazing and even more amazing is it's just they've been created by a 
damn, I've got goosebumps actually, mm-hmm. by a hardworking, true blue Aussie family, Glenn and Julie. And I came across them by finding them on the internet. I brought one and obviously the rest is history. They are so amazing, that family, and their mm. product is incredible. Every time someone buys a Subo off me, I, I say to them, after, after they get it, they send me a message and go, oh, my God, this is amazing. I wish I got it sooner. And I'm like, yeah, I know. I'm trying to tell you all this. But um, <laughs> it's not until people get them they realise. Um, obviously, like things like a Subo, I bang on all, of, all the time about absolutely incredible cannot recommend higher we're obviously avid lovers of our yum boxes and mm. our um cooler bags look maverick's obviously six and a half and we've had his first yum box since he was probably three or four months old it is still going strong so mm. you know 40 or 50 bucks but look how long it's lasted yeah worth the we investment have, for sure yeah we're big fans of ergo pouch for sleeping babies um what else do we love? Oh, we love lots of things. We've recently got onto the Midnight Gang who have bedwetting mattress protectors. They are absolutely incredible. Ooh. Local brand, Raincoat, Tasmanian um, raincoats are absolutely amazing. Uh, had them on today, obviously, because it's raining. I carry ours in the back of our car. It's something that I never thought until I was a parent that you'd really use. We have used them so many times, it's not funny. <laughs> um, uh, look, we love everything, and I think if anyone is listening and have has followed me in the past, I will not recommend something if I don't like it. I would never want someone to waste their money on things mm. that um, aren't good. And then, obviously, if they're new followers and start following me now, anything that I do talk about is because it's absolutely amazing and <laughs> love it. Yeah. Um, Definitely. Yeah, it is hard. You know, like Uniden baby monitor is something we still use. It's still in the kids' room because you can see where they are. But, you know, everybody's going to have their own loves and dislikes about things, I guess. But, you know, anything that I'm saying we've loved and worked for our children is obviously from the heart. So I'll get a couple of those links from you to share on your podcast because um, if anyone has a baby that is, has, is on solids, and can have, you know, mashed up foods, whether that's wheat bix or um, yogurts or spaghetti. I think you even put in there sometimes, Krista. It's this Subo yep. is this product that's like a looks like a drink bottle, but you can put food in it and they they can just suck on it and get the food out. It makes no mess, it self-cleans, it is the most incredible product. And do you know, Krista, I was in New Zealand on holiday a couple of weeks ago and met this beautiful family and we went around to their house for dinner just randomly. They've got a little boy who has a really rare syndrome and um, he can't actually eat solid food. All he can have is yogurts and things that are really smooth and mashed up. And I had to go there and she was, so she was going to go get one. She was like, I can't, this is exactly what we need. She was, you know, going to go buy five of them. So yeah, it's so amazing, isn't it? They're so good. So good. Well, thank you so, so much for coming on. Um, love hearing all your wisdom and your advice and love how positive and inspiration you are and, and just how laid back. Like, yeah, I think you've, you're absolutely you. nailing what you're doing. So thank you so much for coming on. Thank you. <laughs> thank you to everyone listening. Um, would love you to like, comment, share, leave feedback, do whatever you can to get the messages out there. Um, and we will see you all in the next episode.